Amen. Amen. It's good to see everybody here this morning. We have a we have a good day planned. How many people know what a good day is? Well, there's about four or five of us. Maybe some of us are getting back to our seats. You know, you know, I, I love Sunday because this is a day that I get to see you. And, and if we think about it, th- this is a day that we get together. And, and what community is, is when we get together, we can encourage one another. Now, you might be a part of another community that when you get together, that you have people that will encourage you and, and really express love to you, whatever that means. Uh, hopefully your family does that to you on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. But sometimes we get so busy that we don't take advantage of coming to church with that reason. And that's okay, is to come to church with the reason to be encouraged. And if you're encouraged, it's your chance to encourage somebody else. Now let me say this, if you're not encouraged and you come to church, allow somebody, hear me, allow them to encourage you and the Lord, you know, to, to have an open heart and say, you know what, uh, maybe it's not been the best week or maybe it's not been the week that I planned, but you know what, I'm here today and this is the first day of the week and I'm starting it out giving God my best, the first fruit, the first day of the week and I'm believing God for a better week to come, amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to take up offering right now instead at the end of the service. So if you have your offerings, make those ready. And, uh, you know, God has blessed our church. And just as you're preparing to give this morning, I know that you can give online at chapelassembly.org. It's it's so wild to have that uh, blessing for our church. You know, I, I remember somebody coming up to me before we had uh, online giving and they say, Pastor, the church is the only place that I write a check to. Now, if you're older than about 40, you think that is kind of a little bit, what? You know, what? Why? What? Well, how do you pay your bills? Now, you, if you do not know, you can pay everything online through bill pay and stuff like that. So you can also, I just want to, uh, some of you didn't realize that, but can give most of the time if it's not offline. <laughs> okay, because I, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Sometimes our online giving has some uh, uh, problems, but we're, we're working on that, and they're working on that to get it all up to date. But, but today, as we give in the offering plate, if you gave online or you do give online, I just want to ask you to do something because this is very important in our faith is that you take out an offering envelope in front of you. Everybody just right now, if you've given online, now if you don't give anything and you're believing you're going to give something, that might be different. But if you're a giver, I want you to take an offering as as just an offering envelope as a point of contact. You know what that is? You know, the lady knew by her faith that Jesus could heal her. But she said, you know what? There's something about a point of contact. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, that point of contact. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you don't go around looking for garments to touch to be healed. That they take it the other way. We're not talking about touching an envelope so that you can get more money. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you're a giver, this is just representing today that you're a giver. And, and I want you to hold that offering envelope as I pray in a minute, because here's what I want you to understand. That as God has blessed us in order to be a blessing, sometimes we can get into the kind of a ritual, a habit of just giving, 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 and it's just part of us, and we don't really take it as what it is. It's God, we're acting in faith as we give this to you. You say, well, I don't know if that's true. Well, you need to read the Bible, because that's true. In the Old Testament, even in the place where Jesus or where God's speaking, He says to the people, when you pay your tithe, the thing that I've asked you to do, you can look up to heaven and say, God, I've done what you've asked me to do. Now bless your servant. Now some people say, well, I don't know if I feel... Let me tell you, if God word, God's word says it, then we receive it as truth. And that's who we are as Christians. We believe, we receive, and therefore we see it. So let's believe today as you're holding your envelope. Father, today we pray blessings. God, on this church and the people that go here that are givers, that they might be blessed to be a blessing even more. Father, help us to get out of the mindset that, God, that we, we don't want to be blessed because that might be, what, greedy or, or maybe uh, 
prideful, but God, help us to realize as we're blessed, we bless others. That we look for opportunities to be a blessing in every circumstance. God, you have equipped us to have a a wonderful life, an abundant life, even to our full and even to overflowing that we might bless somebody else. Help us to walk in this truth. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, as the ushers are serving you this morning, uh, I want to, you know, just say how much that I appreciate Lisa Cruz. She's gone. Uh, uh, She's on vacation this week, her and Homer. If you didn't know, Homer uh, graduated. He, He retired. Some of you didn't realize he was 65. Oh, I wish they were watching online. Oh, he he graduated. He retired from uh, Colleyville, working at the city, and now uh, I've encouraged him to sit home and let Lisa do the working. And, and she is not in favor of that for some reason. So he he's going to go on and and do something else in this season of his life. So. Uh, yeah, encourage him and, and Lisa too. They need it, but they're taking some time off and it's always good to kind of get away, change your surroundings and kind of just see it differently as the next stage of their life comes on. And and I know that they're having fun because I'm friends on Facebook with Lisa and Homer and they're they're showing me how much fun they're having. Also, uh, now it's been the second Sunday that Daniel and Giselle Lopes have been away from us and they're back in Brazil. And if you didn't know that, they're they're working on getting their student visa so that they can live here and go to school here. And some of you have blessed them uh, with the opportunity not only to go, they have to go back to Brazil to get all of the paperwork and all the things that are necessary to, to stay here legally. You, you help provide money and an offering to get them home. But here's the good news. We raised enough to get them back. <laughs> and and when when I blessed Daniel and Giselle with you know the the it it was just a really a miracle. Let me let me just quickly tell you the story is uh, to get uh, able to to get to go to the United States Embassy in Brazil. You have to have something called the I twenty. Now I couldn't remember that to save my life until I started thinking about the highway I twenty. And an I-20 states that the school that you would like to go to has accepted you as a a future student. And therefore, when they go back to Brazil, they can present that I-20 to the uh, embassy. And and we're praying and believing that they're going to be able to come back uh, to, you know, Texas and, and be a part of, again, of our family. And what was a miracle is... Whatever school you go to to try to get the I-20, you know, they, they, they have a policy and a procedure and a, yeah, we'll get back with you. You don't call us, we'll call you, you, you know, all that. And so we, we went down there on, a, I believe it was on a Tuesday before they had to leave with their uh, tickets Thursday morning. And, and we just went in and we said, you know, this is what they're going to do. They're going to fly back to Brazil and present their case from Brazil instead of the United States. Things have changed and things have gone different. Uh, and then they said, oh, well, you probably won't have a problem with us. We'll approve you. And, uh, you know, if you'll fill out all the information again, we'll get back with you. So, so your pastor thought, there's no time like the present. So let's go ahead. Do you mind if we just get those forms right now? And they looked at each other. Not at all. So they, Giselle and Daniel, they filled out all the information again. And they said, here it is. And, and the school uh, said, uh, well, we'll get back with you to see if you're I-20. It'll take, you know, maybe a week or two. We're not real for sure. And I said, well, you know, it just so happens they're leaving on Thursday. And it would be such a blessing for them if they could take that I-20 with them and not have to go through the post office and maybe get lost somewhere from here to Brazil. And and you know what? Maybe maybe we could just wait wait out in the hall. They looked at each other and they, well, you know, they started getting that government shake. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
She just got that revelation right there. <laughs> anyway, anyway so, so here's what happened is they looked at each other and they go, well, I don't know if we could give it to you today, but we'll give it to you tomorrow. Done. So before they left, God blessed them with the actual paperwork that all they have to do is go to the embassy in Brazil and come back. So we're believing for the next step of them getting their uh, student visa accepted by the person that is sitting whatever at the desk or whatever the procedure is in Brazil. Uh, they're an American and they're going to, you know, we're, we're going to believe that God is going to give them access back to, to uh, well, back to us as a church. And uh, Daniel and Giselle mean a lot to us. And uh, let me tell you, uh, as Brooke uh, and the Chapelites, you know, led worship today. I love all these ladies up here. And then you got, you got Chris and Justin back here, you know, successful men behind the ladies. I love that. Successful ladies, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. If I get you offended, you won't receive my message in a minute. So just, just know I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. Did you have a good Valentine's Day? I talked to some couples and they went, they had kids, little kids, and they, yeah, yeah, it was okay. If you talked to them before they had kids, they're like, <laughs> you talked to some senior couples and they went, was that Thursday? I believe this is the year of harvest. Can you say amen? amen? That is even in your marriage, in your relationships, and everything. We're believing for a harvest. The seed that you have sown, the seed that I've sown in my, my life, I'm believing to come up. There, there is nothing more frustrating than planting. I don't know about you, but I, I love to plant winter rye because in the when everything else is dead, I, I love the green. If you go down to the coffee shop, we planted winter rye all in the back and it's coming up green. And But but one year, I, plant, I bought all this grass seed, like 200 pounds of winter rye. That's like a lot of grass seed. And, and I own some land. And, and so I planted it all and none of it came up. And it went back to me that I thought there's a guarantee, but the guarantee's on the bag. <laughs> and I don't have the bag. This morning, what we're talking about, the year of the harvest, is I believe I receive what the Word of God says over my life. We know that when we sow the Word of God, it is the incorruptible seed. In other words, it can't, it can't, and it will not. What? It will not return void. It will always be successful. It will always come up a harvest. Now, now this morning, I'm going to be teaching. If I get excited, I'll be preaching a little bit more. But, but I want to talk about something that sometimes we just hear the phrase and we shut off. And this morning, the title of my message is The Vehicle That Will Drive Your Faith to the Finish Line. Now, again, the vehicle that drives us, our faith, to the finish line. This morning, I don't want you to raise your hand. No raise hand yet. But maybe you have been a part of a church, and hopefully this church, that believes in faith. You know, the Word of God is faith. The whole Bible is full of... I wish you'd get on to something else. There is nothing more than faith. We can't believe that there is a God. We, we can't even uh, please God without knowing that He exists. Hebrews chapter 11 says, we believe by faith that He created the universe. Just by the spoken word. He created it out of something that He couldn't even see. There wasn't nothing there. It is faith. But a lot of times I believe that if you're here and you've never seen your faith manifests anything in a victory, a breakthrough in your life. We're going to talk about that this morning. If you've ever driven driven in in maybe the mountains or maybe out in the field of Texas and you got in into mud, has anybody ever went 
four-wheel driving or mudding before? Anybody do it accidentally? You know if you've ever done it accidentally, especially you know if you've ever got stuck before, how important the vehicle that you're in matters at that moment. See, see there's a lot of times that we see SUVs and uh, uh, four-wheel drive off-road vehicles on the highway that they were designed to go off highway. <laughs> we never intend for them. For us to get off highway. What do you think? I'm crazy? They're, they're built for that. And, and this morning we're going to be talking about, you know, sometimes we get stuck in the mud. And, and let me tell you, it's no fun. Because where you're going, you seem like, I, I just can't get there because I'm stuck right here. A lot of times, a lot of us might be there, not a lot of times, but maybe right today, you're here, there right now, you're stuck. You're thinking, Pastor John, I'm believing for a harvest in my life. I, I'm believing in the things that the Word of God says in my life, but I just feel like I'm stuck. You know, years ago, I, Gwen and I got married, and at the time we didn't have children, so we had dogs. And, and I had bird dogs, and boy, they were my boys. You know, hey, guys, let's go hunting. And, and I remember we lived in Burleson, so we could drive a little bit further out in the country and, and really just quail hunt. And I remember going out there one evening after work, and put the dogs in the truck and drove out to the country and hunted. It had rained and rained and rained and rained and rained. So that day it cleared up. I went hunting and I drove out into the country and and I had this little, little bitty truck. You ever seen those little trucks? Those little, little bitty. Now you think of little bitty, this is smaller than that. First married couple truck, you know, little truck. But I had a truck. Oh, man, I have a truck. My truck wasn't much, and it went down like that right there. Just sucked the joy right out of my day. I put boards under that truck, the tires and everything else, to get outside, out of that hole that I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And it was getting darker and darker and darker. And I had to turn in my man cart. I walked about a mile to family in our church that lived out in the country and I walked there and the wife was home. Not the man of the house. And she had to drive me home in her car. I was sitting over there going, oh, I can't believe this. I went home and got Gwen's little Honda that had front wheel drive to pull out my truck. I'm telling you right now, all the man in me could have just ran that thing off the road and never got it back. I just And sometimes the vehicle that we're looking for to drive us from where we are to the finish line to see the manifestation of what we're believing for, sometimes we just don't have the uh to get us there. You know, just recently, I will say that I received my man card back through the mail because I got this. Chevy Silverado four-wheel drive. And, and it's a first four-wheel drive that I've ever had. So, of course, I had to see if it was true. And, and, and I remember you know, we, we went out and, you know, I have some cows. And it had rained and rained and rained and rained a couple of weeks ago. Turned the little knob that says four-wheel drive. Where the previous truck that I've owned and all the trucks that I've owned wouldn't have made it. This one just went, whoa, and I heard all four wheels kick in. I was a little nervous I was going to get stuck. But the vehicle that I was in was made to go through those spots to get me from where I was to where I was going. Now again, this morning, what is it that you're believing for? I'm going to ask you that several times because if you don't know what you're believing for, the chances are you're going to be very successful if you don't know. And the reason why you're successful is because you go, well, God, I didn't even see that coming, but thank you. That, that's not what we're talking about today. That, that, come on now. As we mature in God, if you do not have something that you're believing God for, you don't even need faith. So maybe this morning with the illustration of getting stuck and not seeing a breakthrough in your life, maybe, maybe this morning you're, you're standing for healing in your body. 
Maybe you're, you're standing in healing for a breakthrough in, in finances. You know, you just seem like you you've just can't ever pay the bills. You don't have enough money. Let me ask you, what's the problem? See, that's a, pro- that's a question when you say, what's the problem? You go, well, it's not me. Or maybe you're the other way and you go, well, it's all about me and I just don't know. I don't have the tools to get to where I want to go. Now again, on again, off again, faith will produce on again, off again results in your life. Now, now again, as we're going somewhere this morning, we're going to talk about the vehicle that it takes to get to the finish line. When we begin to show you tools this morning, I, I want you to remember, because even though you've been in a hundred, maybe a hundred services before, and I've been in literally thousands of services before, it doesn't matter how many times that you you hear it, it's hearing it and hearing it and hearing it again, and then living the Word of God in your life by mixing it with faith. Everybody with me? Here's the vehicle that keeps us consistently and constantly the same while we're believing for the manifestation of what we're believing for by faith. And it is patience. How many people have ever read the sign, God, I want patience, but I want it right now. That's not the patience we're talking about. Now this morning, I want you to see something. It's faith that will get us started and continue us on. But when faith seems to get tired, it's patience that will uplift our faith and help us to the finish line. It's the same thing like with motivation. Have you ever been motivated to lose weight? You you watch a TV show or you see somebody looking pretty good and you go, that's me, I want that. But it's not long after that that it's discipline that you realize that you have to get to get to the finish line. It's the same thing in our faith life is as we're walking by faith that we have to have the power twin called patience. All right. Can everybody say amen? There's something about the power of an agreement. This morning begin to lean in. Begin to lean into what I'm saying today. Now, before I go on, I, I just have a note. Remember those verses that you've been meditating on about the goodness of God. You, you've been doing that, right? Hopefully you have been. Because listen, we, we have verses of the goodness of God because if you do not believe in the goodness of God, what you're believing for, you're thinking, you know what, hey, let's just flip a coin and see if it happens, if God loves me or not. And if you, let me tell you, if you come to this church, there's going to be some expectations on our part to you. The same thing, you have expectations on our part to you. In other words, both of us, there is a give and take. This morning, if you hear a message, realize that I'm not over here and I'm not up here just preaching a message of, well, you know, I got about 30 minutes to fill and they're here, so let's... No, no, there's preparation. There's prayer that goes into this message to say, okay, here's a change of behavior that is going to lead you from where you are to a better place. That's what God's desire for His children is. We know that we go through life and there's all kinds of obstacles. And we're going to be talking about that today to bring you again through those. If you're taking notes this morning, I want to encourage you to take notes every Sunday. But the first point I want you to see and to write down is avoid flip-flopping to get to the finish line. Avoid flip-flopping to get to the finish line. Listen to this. In James chapter 1, it says, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Why do you think that that's in there? Maybe because we put our faith in multiple things? It says, Be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled and as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now watch how strong this is. This is James, the half-brother of Jesus. He says it this way. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. 
Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. In other words, they got one foot in, they got one foot out. Let me tell you, the hokey pokey is not what it's all about. It's about the Word of God. Again, let's do a little self-evaluation. What is it right now that you're believing God for in your life? Let me encourage you by just telling you some, some categories that you might be working on. Maybe it's your marriage or your relationship. About the time that you think, I've got my wife figured out, let me just give you good news. There's a lot more. Same way with the husband. I hope. There's more. How about uh, your relationship with your children? You're, you're believing God that you're going to increase in your relationship with your family. Maybe you have siblings that you have kind of grown apart. You're, you're believing for it. Now, let me tell you, if you say, I don't know if God's interested, he's interested. Maybe this morning you're saying, Pastor, you know what I'm believing God for? I'm believing God to be a better worshiper than I was last year. Uh-oh, didn't see that one coming, did you? Just blew by my I'm believing to stretch in my area of worship. I'm believing God for promotion in my work. Well, Pastor, I don't know. Does God care about those things? Let me just tell you this. John chapter 2 talks about Jesus going to wedding and, and, and being concerned about wedding refreshments of what the wedding would drink. Come on now, come on. If he's concerned about wedding refreshments, he's concerned everything about you and me. So let me ask you again, if he loves you so much that he says, what is it that you're believing me for? What is it that you would have faith for today for me to do for your life? What is it that you're believing, that you're walking out by faith to see manifest right here in the living, land of the living? Again, if you believe God can do it, what we're going to be talking about today is getting to the finish line of seeing that happen. Not doubting, being tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea. Well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. No, no, we're, we're getting consistently and constantly in that. Th it's going to take time and effort to get to be a faith champion. Now, now, what I mean by that is if you think about it, even the Apostle Paul is going through all these things in his life to have patience to see. But he says, I'm fully persuaded that what I've entrusted to God We'll, we'll, he'll bring it out. He'll keep it to the day of his returning. He also said, I am persuaded that nothing can separate me from life and death. All the things, the principalities, every, nothing can separate me from the love of God. He's having patience as he's being persecuted, as he's planting churches. He's not flipping, flopping on his faith. Let me tell you this, if patience is not in place, you're going to come apart at the seams. Now, a lot of times when I talk to people, I say, what is it that you're believing for? And they're like, you know, I, I just don't know. I just, maybe this. Now, now let, let me speak to the negative side of our culture. We don't have a lot of passion for things that we know that God can do in our life. And that needs to that needs to change. As a believer, you need to begin to believe and say, God, I know that I received because I prayed for it. I believe what your word says in my life. There's a lot of times that we have luxuries that are in our life that we don't even take advantage of. Let me explain it this way. This is nothing spiritual, but just showing our culture. Years ago, our forefathers could not have strawberries until the season of strawberries. Everybody know that? You could go to the grocery store all you want, and I'm talking about maybe colonial America. If you go back further than that, there was no grocery store. But the culture that we live in today, you can want strawberries or something of an extreme blessing just to be able to live in America right here at this time. And you can go buy a Walmart and go, oh my, if I park here, I'm going to have to walk all the way in there 
And I'm going to have to get one of those little bags. I can never find the end of a bag. To, and then put strawberries in Oh my goodness. And then i got to go up. And maybe I'll do self pay. But I never can figure that thing out. So i got to go to that. And then i got to walk all the way back out and get my car. In our culture, when we're talking about walking by faith, we're not talking about what if you had three wishes from a genie, what you wish for? Well, I'd wish for three more wishes. No. We're not talking about lazy faith. We're not talking about something that's going on in your life that you go, well, you know, I could take it or I could leave it. Because I guarantee you, when you have double-mindedness, you will be unstable. You'll believe God, but you know what? If it doesn't come about that you're, what you're believing God for comes about, you know what you'll do? What? Yes, it wasn't meant to be. Hmm. i got a lot to say on that, but that's all I'm going to say for now. Avoid flip-flopping to get to the finish line. Again, there is so much with people that say, what if it happens? What if it doesn't happen? The enemy will begin to fire distractions at you to get you to the point of saying, you know what? It's not that big a deal. My father-in-law, last Sunday, after we dismissed service, had a heart attack. Matter of fact, he's a, a, a pastor of a church. Very, very vibrant church in Oklahoma. He's 83 years young. Everybody knows the secret is to die as young as you can, but then see how long you can live. In other words, live with joy and excitement. And that's what he does. He said that, he said, John, you know, I got up to preach and I kind of kind of didn't feel real good, but I love those people. You know how it is, John. I said, yeah. He said, they, they came to hear a sermon about God and things of God, so I thought I'd just go ahead and preach. And I'm going, what? And, and then he said, I was preaching and I felt heaviness, so I, I, I uh, concluded and then I called some men up to pray for me and, and they prayed for me and I went back to shake hands. I, You're shaking hands? He's having a heart attack. He said, I just kind of feel a little heaviness. One of the guys in his church is a policeman. And he has a couple nurses and a couple board members. And they said, you're going to the hospital. So they put him in a, his truck. And they drove over 100 miles to the doctor or to the hospital. I did say he was a policeman, right? Okay, just check. They get to the hospital and they said, you've been having a heart attack. So they rushed him to the hospital in Oklahoma City that's called the Heart Hospital. Good place to be if you're having a heart attack. And, and they, they rush him in and the, they rushed him immediately in for, you know, if it's on you, it's a procedure. If it's anybody, it's surgery. It's a procedure for him. He's a, and he says he just got in there and they, they put in a stent. They had found out that it was 100% blocked. 100%. The main artery. Do you know what they call that artery? The widow maker. Not today, enemy. They cleared that heart blockage out. And before we could drive from Fort Worth to Oklahoma City, he's sitting up in the bed, already ate dinner. Now again, we're going to be talking about faith and patience and the importance to have patience. Now, now watch this. Faith takes it and patience keeps it. It's the stickability of believing what you are keeping what you're believing and having the stickability not to allow things to knock you loose of what you're believing. Which leads me to my second point. As believers, we need to begin to see trials as an opportunity to get to the finish line. This is probably the hardest thing as believers or anybody to get to. To believe 
that they can see opportunities and trials as an opportunity to get to the finish line. Listen to this. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Does anybody like that passage? You know, sometimes we read the ones that we like slow, but the ones that we, we kind of read a little faster. One of the biggest mistakes I believe that you can make, listen, the biggest mistake is believing that trials and tribulations develop faith. Let me say it again. One of the biggest mistakes is believing that trials and tribulations develop faith. How do you develop faith? Faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Developing yourself, knowing that hearing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, hearing the Word of God develops faith. You hear people by the power of their testimony increase your faith just by hearing what God's done in their life. Has anybody ever had that happen to you? One, two, three, four. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Trials and tribulations, though, develop patience in your life. Not faith. It develops patience in your life. That's what just James said. Listen to this. In Romans chapter 5, verse 3, it's the same thing, but in a different way by Paul. He says it this way. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. In other words, endurance or patience is the vehicle that drives our faith to the finish line, what we're believing for. Now, now let me just kind of give you a personal example and we'll go on. Years ago, I, I was believing God. We, we had a house and we lived in and it wasn't the best house and, and we were growing as a couple and as a family. As you know, four children. We were growing. They were getting older. Yeah. And so I began saying, God, I would like to live in the country. I would like to live out maybe away from the hustle and bustle and a place kind of to go at the end of the day. And I talked to a lot of people and they say, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. But boy, it's very expensive to live out in the country. On some land. And, and so Gwen and I began to believe for that, we had faith for that. We were going to believe for some property, some land, and allow God to work into our life. Allow the Word of God to be spoken over our life by what we said, and then we receive what we believe that God, we know that you're able. Now watch this. Faith is not sitting on the couch going, God, any day now you can ring the phone and I'll, I'll take my new land. I remember as... Getting that hope picture that I've talked to you about so many times is, what would I like? God, what, is, what am I believing for? What am I working for? And Gwen and I put a little bit of action with our faith. On Saturdays, we'd get in the car and we'd drive around. And one day, we, we drove out into the country and we, we exited and we have no idea where we're going and I don't know if we were divinely controlled or directed, whatever. We believe that God had a purpose in our life. We're just looking, dreaming. Having fun doing it. And, and we drove out in the country and we went down a, kind of as a dead-end road and, and we look on, the, on, the, on a tree. It looks like a lemonade-painted sign, you know? Instead of lemonade, it said for sale. And, and we went home because that was before cell phones. Boy, that made it sound old, didn't it? And, and, and we called the number and the guy says, yeah, my dad's been wanting to sell that. He just put it though on kind of, he just put that sign out. Now, while we were believing, it's a process because let me back up before we began to believe and pray, or let me say this, as we were beginning to believe and pray, I realized that what I made as a living just wasn't going to be able to do it at that point. 
I, I got a part-time job. Our church is in a building program, so I know that I'm not going to take an increase. So what happened was I began to work at UPS. Now, here's where patience comes in. I'm not going to get a nine to five because I'm a pastor of a church. But what can I do? I can get a part time job. UPS is not a part time job. It's a full time job for about four hours. Someone should have told me that before I started. But I, I started and they said, you're in the morning shift. So do I need to be here at 830 or 930? No, you need to be here at 230. Do you see what I mean? What I'm believing for, whoo, man, that would be nice to get a part-time job. But can you, can you apply for a part-time job and see if God's faithful? Well, I don't know if I want to see him that faithful. So, so I apply, I get the job, I'm showing up at 2.30, and I do the math of the, the money that I'm making. I realize that working at UPS after a certain amount of uh, months, I get in full insurance, and that is great insurance, by the way. And, and I get, I pay $1,500 to have my first child. I pay $1,800 for my second child because I've got insurance of an 80-20, which is, <laughs> yeah, right. And then, then the, the third child and the fourth child, $10. No indication of those children's worth, not at all. Just the medical, $10. Copay. But in the meantime, I do the math of how much money that I believe I'm going to need to buy some property. Now, watch this. John, that's not faith. That's not doing anything. That's just. <laughs> I just got a little prideful there and said, well, do you have any land? And you might. But this is what we're doing as we're believing, we're praying, and we're working our faith in life. See, a lot of times I think we come to church and we just hear something and we think that we're going to walk out of here, give it to us, God. It's a process of eight years. Eight years from the time that we begin believing and praying and, and believing that we receive Eight years. I do the math working at UPS. And I realize that with the amount of hours that most of them, most of the people in my shift is working, I'm not going to make it. So I even say the old longer that I'm there, I can get now I'm tenured a little bit, which was after about six months because everybody's turning over so fast. But now I get the decision to stay longer and work a few more hours and all of a sudden the, the numbers start lining up at the end of the time does everybody wish that their grandfather would have bought a lot of land back in the you know 20s and then they could just inherit well what about you why can't you buy it now for your grandchildren that's what i said to myself my grandpa would have bought some and somebody said well why don't you buy some well i guess i could but i'd have to work at ups At the end of as as we're getting as I'm getting into it, we see the first sale sign on the tree. I call and I said, "Well, let's just say this: I negotiated the price where I could pay it off in one year." And the guy said, "I'll take what you have, and I'll let you pay it off interest free for one year. In one year, see, praise the Lord." Now, there's a lot of people that go, well, the Lord wasn't working at UPS. Do, do you understand where I'm going on this? A lot of people will not put their faith into action. They'll just begin to go, eh, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. At the time that we paid it off was around the year of 98. We began realizing that we have the land, we have collateral because... At that point, we have to have something because let me tell you, I could go into the woe is me of what we were making. And it's the woe is woe is woe is me story. So you might be there too. But my point is, as we're walking it out by faith, God, I believe what you said over me. This is not a fairy tale. This is not a history book. 
It sounds so good to be true. It's not. People say it sounds so good. It can't be true. And it's easier to go. Yeah, I'm not going to believe it. You realize that from the point of saying to the children of Israel, I want to bring you out of slavery so I can put you in a land that is very prosperous, a land flowing with milk and honey, that from the time of the promise to the time of the revelation, the manifestation of the promised land, there was a whole lot of work that went on. And there was a lot of time because some of them didn't believe God. They didn't. We heard it this morning in our first class that they didn't take the word of God and mix it with faith. Therefore, they did not go into the promise. After we paid off the land, believing and believing, I would go out there with my three little boys. I remember Heath was in diapers and he sat down on a cactus. Little Heath's in diapers and I'm with tweezers because I had a little pocket knife and pulled out the tweezers. Ow, ow, ow. Years ago, years ago. I'd go out there and I would sit in a lawn chair. My three boys were so young, but they thought I was crazy. I'd sit there. Right here's where the house is going to go. I'm sitting on the back porch right here. All they wanted to know is, can we have a horse? Can we have some cows? Three acres. Paid off. Can't afford the house. But I'm still believing. And let me tell you, it's hard. Oh, it's hard. When I drive back to downtown Fort Worth in this little frame house, and, and the, the neighborhood is pretty rough. Pretty rough. Well, let me say it's rough. There was holes in our neighbor's window from drive-bys. Rough. I remember our first New Year's. Gwen says, they're shooting fireworks. <laughs> Those are guns. Somebody had told us that you got to stand in the door frame of the house where the safest is. So we would kind of gravitate over to the door frame. What are you doing? Well, I'm just believing that I'm not going to be shot by a bullet that comes through the ceiling. Let me tell you, there's, there's always people that will see the, the result of faith and criticize. How did you get that? That aren't willing to go through what I call the the UPS years. And the day came, and, and I could make it a long story, I'll make it short, that we're looking as they're framing our new house on three acres out in the country. I couldn't hardly even remember the UPS years at that time. I couldn't remember all the obstacles that the enemy had shot at us. All the bills that we could have taken out of the savings. Or even, here's the big one, all the money that we could have taken out of savings to reduce the feeling of not having enough as everybody else has in their life. Friends from school buy new cars. Family members moving into new houses and we're just staying the course. Now let me tell you, we have faith, but if it's not the patience that comes and helps us to the finish line, we would have never made it. But let me tell you again, trial and tribulations do not build and develop your faith. Tribulations and uh, trials build your patience. Now watch this. That's what the Bible says about the guy that builds his house on the rock versus the guy that builds his house on the sand. The faith has to be developed before the storm comes or, or there's not any foundation there to hold the house up. We're not talking about that. We're talking about your faith being developed and then patience comings, comes after to, to undergird help you to the finish line. Let me give you the third one. We're almost out of time. Don't quit until you get to the finish line. Again, the Bible says this in Galatians 6, 9. So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing. Listen, 
If, here's the transition, if we don't give up. We, we all love winners. We all like people that finish the race. Can you imagine going to a movie and, and you're in the middle of maybe the bad guys chasing the good guys and, and, and they're trying to get it and then halfway they go, are you tired? I'm tired too. We give up. We quit. Okay, kill us. End of movie. I don't know about you, but I'd be knocking on the guy's door going, give me my money back. Come see that. There's something that somebody that has patience that continues. When you think about Joseph, let me just parallel. The time that he gets the dream of reigning and ruling, that's his plan, his purpose that God has given him. What is it that you're believing for? From the moment that he gets the blessing, it seems like he has setback after setback after setback. You're going to rule and reign. And what happens? He gets thrown into pit. He's under everybody. He's going the other way. Come on now. All the obstacles that come against him, that the enemy, right as he's getting close, then begins again throwing obstacles at his at his uh, at his dream. His family turns on him, throws him in a pit. He's sold into slavery. He's framed and betrayed and accused of something he didn't do. And then he was fired. He was sent to prison. Even in prison, he's forgotten about by the power uh, of the authority that could have helped get him out. All those things. Don't quit to get to the finish line. Everything seemed to go in the opposite direction of what the dream or the promise was. But again, through patience, he stayed the course. Let, let me just keep you with me. Can you say stay the course? Stay the course. Say it again. Stay the course. 100% of everybody in here say it again. Stay the course. That is what you can tell yourself over and over when you're about ready to go. You know what? The dream wasn't that important anyway. I really didn't want that. Let patience have its perfect work. Ask yourself, how many setbacks are you willing to endure on the road to the victory? Some of you that are in sales and you're believing for continual income. It is hard to get up every day and believe that there's a new customer that's going to be out there. It's having faith that God can give you a new customer, but then the patience to stay that job. Well, I tell you, I can't do this job, is it? It's, it's the patience of promotion. Again, the closer you get to the finish line, a lot of times the tougher it seems that it gets. The devil begins to throw every shot, trying to get you off course, distracted, frustrated. I want to ask you a question, though. Will you allow the enemy to succeed? Or will you make him sorry for ever messing? See, there's something about receiving the victory. And then somebody telling you, God doesn't work like that. Say, oh yes, he does. What, your your mom do it? Or your dad? Or a friend? You say, no. I know because he's done it for me. What I believed, I received because I stayed the course with patience on top of my faith. This morning, I want to encourage you. We just have a few minutes. I want to ask you, if you're going through something right now in your life, because let me tell you, there, there needs to be a response on your part. You come to church every Sunday and you go, you know what, I, I received some good words. But it's going to be up to you if you actually take the step that's going to do that. The first step, in this is John Miller. The first step is making it something that you can agree with somebody else on. Maybe this morning you're here and you say, I'm believing for a husband. I'm believing for a wife. But let me tell you, let me go a little step further. I need someone to believe for me for a wife or a husband of a godly stature. Quinn works with troubled women and, and she interviewed a, a, a lady that said, oh, my second husband, our second husband didn't beat me as bad as the first one, but it was better. Come on, we're not believing for that. Maybe you're here this morning and you're believing for an unsaved loved one, a wife, a husband, a son, a brother, whoever it is. 
We're not believing just for somebody else to tell them the good news, but we're, we're believing for ourselves that we'll be able to tell them the good news of God. What is it that you're believing for? What is it that's down and deep inside says, you know what? There is nothing going to knock me off course. I want to ask you, we're just going to do a moment of prayer. I'm going to ask some people to come to the front. We're going to ask you to come. Uh, Brooke, if you can get a, you and Peyton can just play something. We're not, we're not going to make this anything other than what it is, is where two or three agree and, and what is bound on earth, they'll be bound in heaven and what is loosed on earth. We're going to do that today. We're going to believe what you're believing for. We're going to come in agreement with you. What is it that God is doing in your life? Well, Pastor Adam, what has God put in your heart? If you're saying, I I'm waiting for God to reveal His purpose in my life, what is your heart? We all love God. Can we allow God to be God? Go ahead, Peyton and Brooke. Can I, can I ask just Harvey and Gloria and Mark Luke, somebody, Keith, Christy, what we're going to do is, would you just, if you can't stand, if you're physically able to stand, if, if, if you're not, that's all right. But what I want you to do is just stay in a moment of prayer and I want you to see as people come forward that you're saying, God, I believe with Him. You don't even have to know what they're believing for. But here's what we do as we come together as a church family. Let me tell you, I might not see Elliot, but one day a week, but I can believe with Elliot for what he's believing for. I, I can believe what you're believing for, and I can encourage you to what? Stay the course. So this morning, can you just verbally tell somebody, maybe these people up here, this is what I'm believing for. Can you pray with me about that? Just in the next few minutes, just just. As, as they play, just come on up front. Just come up quick. Just come up front. Just stay for a few seconds, minutes, and we'll pray for you, believe for you. And today could be the first day of actually staying the course. Maybe it's day 100. Maybe a day 1,000. Maybe 2,000 that you've been believing. But this is a day that you say, I need somebody to believe with me. Just come on up. I encourage you. Come on up. Hallelujah. 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 This morning as they're continuing praying. I, I want to again remind you that patience keeps what you've been believing for. It'll guard your own feelings. It protects you from watching the clock. Because you say, I, I don't put a timeline on my God. When, when you have come up to the front or, or you haven't and you're believing for healing I, I believe that I'm healed and you go home and you have a symptom you have a pain yet that, that see that those are the conditions that the enemy says see you're not healed you say God I believe and I receive what you did on the cross for me I, I'm, I'm staying the course I'm still confessing God your word to be true what I'm telling you and what I'm encouraging I hope you know that I know it is not easy but it comes with a guarantee a reward of the what we're believing for to be manifest in your life when, when it manifests in your life your duty is to give God glory part of what we do as worshipers is we say God we, we give you glory what I'm going to encourage you this week to do is begin to write down, even if you are at this point, it's going to change by faith. At this point, you just believe for yourself. Even if you don't want to tell your wife or your husband, at this point. Maybe it's at an incubated state, you know, just at a beginning. That you say, God, this seems too big. For me to drive out to that land and sit and think I could build that, too big. Quit that nonsense thinking. Now for me, I'm not going to do that. Do you know what's next for John Miller? That's right, you don't know because I'm not telling you. It's okay, but write it down. 
Put it somewhere that you feel, if it's okay, just safe. That you're saying, God, I believe that over my life. And then begin to walk the course that God has for you. Until you commit, you will never know. You will never know all the resources that God will unleash to your favor. Until you commit saying, I believe it. This morning we've already taken up the offering and the announcements are come next Sunday. Okay? All right. So let's pray and we'll be dismissed. Thank you so much, God, for your power working in our life. God, to be able to call, be called. God, to be identified as your children is such a blessing. The God that with the, what even is better is that you've given it to us as a free gift. Nobody here can earn it. The God that you loved us so much that you desired to spend eternity with us. The God even in our mistakes, our blunders, our imperfections that you're there to say, I still love you. You're forgiven. God, I believe that now as we leave this place, that we go with the power that we're believing that you've spoken over our lives because we're your children. God, we will not allow the enemy to get us off course with distractions, little ankle biters that are trying to get us frustrated, divided. God, that we will see victory in our life. We will see the finish line. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. We'll see you next Sunday. Try 930. Amen.